Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Harvest Bible, Harvest Bible Church. <laughs> it's a great morning. <laughs> I have a couple announcements this morning. Ladies, our 55 plus group, the Apple Hill trip that was planned for this coming Saturday is actually going to be rescheduled to a later date. It's not canceled, so don't worry. <laughs> but it will get rescheduled to a later date. So listen out for future announcements, and we'll announce the date once it is confirmed. And guys, Cars and Coffee's coming up this Saturday. I know, exciting. <laughs> but ladies can come too. Yes, I was able to catch a tail end of one of them. And it was actually really fun to see some of the cars. I, didn't, I missed them all, but I saw a couple. So it's a lot of fun. How fun. Morning, nice cars, coffee, walk around. It's a nice start of the weekend. <laughs> that is at 9 a.m., exciting morning, and everyone is welcome. Well, that's it for the announcements. Get ready to be blessed as always. Everyone have an amazing Sunday. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Also, one more announcement that we're doing. We're having a, uh, our, we have Niamh, which is Young Adults Ministry, is going to be starting back up with a new young couple actually taking charge of that because Greg and Shekinah are going to be having a baby here real shortly. Actually, Greg's not, but Shekinah is. But Greg's going to be very involved in that. Hallelujah. And uh, so uh, that's going to be happening. So for all you uh, young adults, 18 to, you know, to 30 there, uh, you know, we're going to be letting you know about some good things that are happening and taking place. Amen? So it'll be blessed. And Greg's putting that up, putting up on the website and all that kind of good stuff there. Hey, how many of you were here yesterday morning? You were there. Here, you know, thank God. Yeah, praise God. So that means a lot of you weren't, and you didn't get to hear uh, Reverend Joe Moore's minister and share, and he just, uh, you know, blew our socks off, did a great job, and I'm just believing God has something even greater for this morning to minister words of life. We brought him in to share on the end times uh, and just share. He wrote a book called End Times, you know, Made Easy or Simple there, and uh uh, sorry, it's all got all sold out yesterday completely. He he was only ye of little faith. He didn't bring enough, and uh, a lot of his other stuff got all sold out. I know we had a little bit of issues yesterday. Some of you got in the flesh, and we loved you, but praise God, it's okay. He does have Joseph Morris and you know uh, ministries, but actually it's just josephmorris dot dot com, and you can go on there and order all of his stuff and order uh, you know. Uh, things from there, and uh, you'll be blessed if you do. He's got a lot of things. You're going to enjoy his ministry. He's a blessing, and uh, we're going to have to have him come back, but I tell you, it was, it was really good, really insightful, really a blessing. Just opened up the Word of God to us. So we're just going to turn him loose and let him just share this morning, and uh, so let's give a good, warm Harvest Bible Church welcome to Reverend Joe. Brother Joe, come on. Thank you, sir. Bless you. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, good to see you this morning. It sure was fun yesterday. I know it was a kind of information overload, but uh, there's, there's so much about the coming of the Lord we can get into, so it's exciting. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. You know, I got to be your pastor, gosh, 30 years ago in Pittsburgh, which I cannot believe that, uh, and then got to be with you maybe five or six years ago. But your, your land here and your location, your building, your parking lot and the other building, it's just wonderful what God's given you guys. It's amazing. I mean, you've got a harvesting area where you can, uh, I can just see helicopters landing and cars falling in and just, yeah, hallelujah. I mean... You got these uh, miracle technicians in this room right now. That's what we've been raised up for to bring the harvest in. So 
exciting to see the coming of the Lord so close, and uh, we get to respond to that. You know, you don't, you don't get an end times preaching to get weird or get goofy or try to escape. You get into it, so it shows you how close uh, the coming of the Lord is, so we accelerate. So we'll get into more stuff today. I have, I have things that I like to preach on. If you could say, okay, Joe, preach what you, on what you want to preach on, I would preach on the name of Jesus. I love preaching on the name of Jesus. But, you know, at, at certain times, you need to get into what you're supposed to get into, and it's intriguing. I preached on the power of God for so many years, how to get the power through you, not just to you. And I had cool, mir- cool miracles would happen or whatever. I could tell you stories all day that you just go, that's the weirdest thing I ever heard. I mean, I'd have words of knowledge where I saw a woman fly fishing, catch the hook in her, in her eye and uh, see a woman go through the front windshield of her car, just car wrecks, a lot of damage, miracles. Uh, but, but God's so good preaching on end times. I've seen more miracles preaching on end times. Isn't that wild? Just bizarre. So uh, I'm blessed. I have a wonderful wife. Uh, We've been married 16 years. I have a daughter. I have two grandkids and uh, went to Rhema 42 years ago. And uh, I was six. I think Pastor Mark was 35. (laughs) No. No, I, I used to say, uh, I'm, I, I'm getting, my weight's getting, I'm okay for 6'3", but I'm not 6'8", and I'm leaving in the resurrection, I'll be bigger, but anyway. John, John Osteen says uh, Adam was 5'7", so we'll see about that, praise the Lord. I don't think so, so I'm just blessed to be with you. You guys are so normal, your pastors are so normal. It's just a blessing to be around normal people that love Jesus, amen. You know, and our whole focus today is we talk about the coming of the Lord. If he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him, so... We, we want to see him high and lifted up with his train filling the temple. And uh, so soon we'll, we'll get to be there right at the throne. And, uh, you know, people go, is it going to be shocking or whatever? I, I'm sure our brains can hardly wrap ourselves around it. But the whole thing is we're going to be grateful and, and uh, thankful that he died for us. That's the amazing thing. People, you may came in today and go, well, you guys sing and shout and you're happy. Well, we're amazed that he gave his life for us. I mean, I would, if I was the Lord, I'd have gone, we're doing robots. I'm not having the human thing. They, they, mess, they mess it up too much. So let's, let's go with robots, praise the Lord. But no, he, he let himself be murdered, let himself be tortured uh, so that this morning you can have peace of mind because he, he was chastised. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was mentally tormented so you don't have to be. He was physically beaten so you don't have to have any sickness. He, what he paid for, why, why would you bear something he bore? Amen. It's ridiculous. Amen. Right? If it's already paid for. If you went to a restaurant yesterday and you paid the bill, the lady brings you the check and you go, okay, signed it and everything. A few minutes later, she comes back and goes, here's your bill. No, whoa, 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 no, we've already paid. No, you have to pay it again. No, I'm not going to pay it again. I've already paid it. Be that way about your body. He already paid for this. And use your authority and speak to your body and go, uh-uh, body, you get in line with the word. You're, you're redeemed. Amen. Same thing when it comes to your prosperity and your eternal life. We're so blessed that we're going to get to, we're, we have, where prosperity is ours. We're not trying to get prosperous. You are prosperous. Amen. You happen to be a child of the king. Glory to God. So we'll get into more today. I'll give you a couple of testimonies, then we'll get right into the word. Uh, I'm trying to think of which ones to use. I was in Arkansas, and uh, I was preaching along. I had a word of knowledge that someone uh, had their, lost their hearing in their ear. And I'd pre- call out some other words of knowledge, no, just simple. Just, i just call them out. I used to have people come down, and i just call them out, and we leave. You know, that's because they get healed. So this uh, young man came up to me, and at the whole service he was saying about me, he's a con man, he's a con man. He said, this is all BS while I was preaching. And uh, when I called out what was wrong, I said, there's someone you had an explosion go off by your ear. This young man said, I had this Tannerite thing go off right here. He said, when you called that out, something got sucked out of my head. He said, I got my hearing right there. He gets his hearing and calling me a con man and calling this BS. Isn't that something? I mean, the Lord's so good. He's amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. I was in uh, 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 Hartford, Connecticut. 
at Matt Nalette's church, and I had a word of knowledge of someone being in a car wreck, your back is healed, your neck's healed, no big deal. This young man came up to me, he's about 26, he goes, hey, what do I do, what do I do? I go, what do you mean? He goes, I was in a car wreck, my back just got healed, my neck just got healed. I said, well, enjoy it. His, you know, I, he, he wasn't used to it, you know, so he thought it was weird. His girlfriend walked up to me and said, you don't understand the whole time during the service, he said about me, he's a con man, he's a con man. So he don't, he don't like the message, don't like me, and gets his neck healed. See, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting. I'll give you one more. Ed and Mary Nell St- uh, uh, Stevens. I'll, I'll tell you their names so you can find it because people are almost skeptical about miracles. I'm in Effingham, Illinois, at Med, uh, Ed and Mary Nell Stevens Church this last year. I had a word of knowledge someone had a metal plate in their head. I, I'm just calling it out as I go. I said, there's somebody here, you got a metal plate in your head and you're healed. I called out some more stuff, finished. We finished the service. I walked down and Pastor Ed and Mary Nell were standing there. This woman comes walking up. She goes, I've got a loose screw. I said, what? <laughs> she, I said, I said, you have a loose, I said, well, we all got a loose screw, but anyway, uh, I said, you have a what? She goes, yeah, I have a screw loose in my head. I have a metal plate. They want to go back in and lift this flap up. They want to tighten that screw down and bolt it. She said, when you call that out, I felt my screw bolt into my head. I said, how did you know it was loose? She goes, I can shake my head and feel it moving around in my head. God's so cool. He'll tighten your bolts in your head. I mean, it's just, yeah, he just said I mean, it's the weirdest stuff I've ever seen. That's teaching on end times. Not, not a word about miracles. So he, he just loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He loves you. Get that in your, your brain today, how, how much he, he wants to bless you and loves you. He's not frustrated with you. He, he, there's no variableness with him, neither shadow of turning. You know, he's not <laughs> bipolar. <laughs> he's the same. Let's pray and we'll get right into the word. Father, thank you for everyone that came today. Thank you for them taking the time to hear your word. The incorruptible seed, Lord, it, when it's sown, it grows up and it becomes. We, we thank you for alteration this morning, changes in all of our hearts and our lives that we would accelerate and pick up the pace to do the will of God. I thank you for a reassessment of the will of God for all of our lives, that we'd be in tune with what you'd have for us right here before your return. Lord, help us walk with you, speak for you, minister for you, every person in this room being your mouthpieces. We thank you for that. Such great grace upon them to walk with you and to literally show people Jesus, that Jesus would be revealed through everything they do. Father, thank you that death could not hold him down, that he was raised from the dead. So Jesus, we magnify you, glorify you, honor you in this room, receive the honor, do your name in this room. We we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. amen. I'm going to go back through the signs again this morning. I hope it doesn't bore people that were here yesterday, but, but it was, there's so many to get into and so much to get into. I'm going to kind of go back over that. I really was wanting to go forward, but I think I should because there's a lot of people here today that couldn't be here yesterday. Uh, so let's go through some of this. So, so why, how do we know it's the end times? How do we know it's the last days? I mean, everybody says, well, how, how are you sure it's the last days? Well, the Bible says the last days is when the Holy Spirit was poured out. That was 2,000 years ago. The Bible says it's the last days when Jesus came and spoke unto us. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Amen. Who he appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when by himself he purged our sins. So, so it was the last days when Jesus came and spoke to us. So if that was the last days 2,000 years ago, we're in the last of the last days now. So we get into that. So why, why should we get into this? Because you'll make changes. If you thought the Lord was coming tomorrow, you'd be a whole lot sweeter today. Come on. I mean, could, could you imagine getting to heaven? What were you doing yesterday? I was chewing everybody out. Hey, what are you doing? No. Could you imagine being ornery right before the coming of the Lord? No. We, we find out about the coming of the Lord, so we make alterations. We make changes. 
Well, that, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. All right. No, come on. No, it, I'm telling you, my mother used to scare me so bad. If, I thought the Lord was coming that night. It made me go to bed going, Lord, I love you. Because I was afraid I was going to miss the rapture. So it makes you uh, correct some attitudes or whatever. Uh, but also it's because the Bible gets into this. I mean, you think about it. Paul talked about the baptism 12 times. The coming of the Lord, 52 times. Okay? For every one verse there is about the first coming of the Lord, eight times more about the second coming of the Lord. So it's amazing that the rapture of the church was signless and had no uh, pre-talk about it all. I mean, when, when Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, they go, church, what's a church? We they had no idea what that was. So the rapture was a mystery. The church was a mystery. So the church is going to be called up. We're going to go up and be with him. We'll be there for seven years, go to the Lord's seat of Christ, marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we physically come back with Jesus on white horses. I guess we go to horse flying school. I don't know how that works, but I'm believing God my horse is going to be very intelligent. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've never, I mean, could you imagine figuring that out? But what a view. The Bible says at the second coming, creation's going to bow. The, the sun will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. Uh, the mountains will break in pieces. And at the second coming of the Lord, there'll be a, a radiation in his face that there'll be no need for the sun. Didn't say there wasn't the sun. There'll be no need for it because what's in his face will outshine the sun. Come on. The Bible says there's an earthquake right there at the Temple Mount. And the water from the Dead Sea will go right by where Jesus is. And Jesus has so much light life in him, that those waters go out and heal all the waters in the earth. That water gets near him and it quickens all the waters. Come on. He's not near you. He's in you. So th these are just days of great change. So let's get into this. How can we tell where we are? Let's look at the scriptures. And it'll show us. I had one guy say, Joe, if you talk on the coming of the Lord, you'll just get everybody's hopes up. I said, exactly. That's right. It's the hope that purifies you even as you're pure. Wouldn't that be weird to get your hopes up? I mean, come on. How weird is that? I, I, I mean, I, I know it sounds, it's just bizarre. So go to Matthew 24 and we'll start here and get into what the climate would look like and how we can tell how close we are. Because there's so many verses about this uh, that a third of the book is prophecy. So the Lord did that so we would know where we are. Think about the Holy Spirit seeing you in the last days. He said in the last days, people would know their God. They'd be strong and they'd do exploits. Don't you love what heaven's already seen about you? You'd know your God. You'd be strong and you would do exploits. And then he said people would be coming, going to and fro. Go to an airport and see how many people are going to and fro. I mean, there's just people going all over the earth right now because it's the time of the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's look at this. Look at Matthew 24. And Jesus will give us a little bit of uh, what it'll look like right before he comes. Now, you have to remember he's talking to Jewish boys here. So he's going to tell them what it's going to look like for them. So we'll back up a little bit and look at what it's going to look like for the church. So look at Matthew 24. Look at verse 1. These are verses I know that you know very well. But it's okay to go back over some verses. You know, John Osteen says, you can tell when you've gotten a hold of a verse when you want to hear it over and over and over again. Amen. Just, just like having a steak. You don't go, well, I've had a steak before. I don't want another steak. No, I love steak. I'll have another one. Amen. So Matthew 24, Matthew 24 is all a second coming chapter. It has nothing to do with the rapture, has no verbiage about the rapture. If you read chapter 24, chapter 25, chapter 26, it's all about the second coming. It leaves the rapture out. But isn't it cool how the Lord gave us a few clues, and I'm, I'm going to get here in just a second. He gave little interesting clues all the time about how long the church age would be. Remember he told the good Samaritan, he took him up and set him in. He said, I'll come back for him. How long? After two days. And I'll pay for whatever he spent. He told Herod, he said, you tell that fox I do cures today, tomorrow, and the third day I'll be magnified. 
So 2,000 year church age. Remember Lazarus had died? When did he go to, when did he go to raise him from the dead? After two days. So there's something about a two day church age, 2,000 years. Interesting how he gives us little clues. But right here in Matthew, he's going to be very pointed about what it's going to look like right before the second coming of the Lord. Not the rapture, the second coming. And he'll give you a little bit of information about what it'll look like before the rapture right at the beginning of it here. So let's go. Matthew 24, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed unto the temple. The disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus says, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one upon another that shall not be thrown down. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, now this is cool, the Mount of Olives, this is Jesus' address forever. This is his, this will be his throne. The throne of David will be right there, King David, and here Jesus is going to be right there as well. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, disciples came to him privately saying, hey, tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Now the world's never coming to an end. The, the Greek there's the end of the age. The world's going to be here forever. The world's never coming to an end. It's going to be renovated, but it's going to be the world for eternity. Amen. You can read it in the Old Testament, perpetual generations forever. You know what that means? Forever. <laughs> so anyway, let's keep going. Verse 4, Jesus answered, and Jesus didn't get mad because they asked him. They said, when will these things be? What's it going to look like? What's the sign of your coming? And you know what his answer was? Tribulation. The seven-year tribulation would be the sign of his coming for them, okay? Because that tribulation is a time of Jacob's trouble, not the church's trouble. So watch him get into detail about this. He says in verse 4, take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying, I'm Christ and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now mark in your Bible at verse 9 is where the trib starts. Okay, verse eight, he tells you the climate just before the tribulation starts. He said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. We don't use that word anymore. We would say birth pains. We don't really even use that word anymore. We use the word contractions. So there's going to be some things on the earth that are so severe that you can't ignore it, just like a woman going into labor. How many of you ladies, when you started having contractions, did you say, let's go play golf? Come on, let's go. <laughs> no, the, the contractions got so severe that they took over, didn't they? You said, I'm going to the hospital because this baby's coming, whether you're ready for it or not. So Jesus said there'd be some things that are so severe. Think of COVID going all over the earth that you can't ignore that. Okay, that's what he's talking about there. But really, he's getting ready to show us what it's going to look like. So you think about contractions. How many of you ladies after your baby was born, did you go, man, those were the coolest contractions I've ever seen? <laughs> No, you didn't magnify the contractions, you magnified the baby. You went through the contractions because you were so looking forward to the baby being born. The joy and the excitement is the baby coming. And for us, the joy and the excitement is there's a kingdom about to come. So if you can see symptoms of the tribulation period, you're, you better, you got to back up seven years. The rapture is going to happen seven years before the, I mean, before the trib starts, not seven years before, but seven years before the second coming. So man, we're, we're seeing everything set up. All the players for the tribulation are, are in position right now. Russia went into Crimea. Russia went into the Ukraine. If you look straight up from Israel, the Ukraine's straight north. That's what the Bible says in Ezekiel 38. They'll come from the north right down on Israel. That happens after we leave. Okay, now I love college football, and you know, I, like, I even like to watch them practice where they're kicking some field goals or you know, throwing passes or whatever, but all of a sudden when they line up on the 35, you don't go, oh my God, what are they doing? This is so weird. No, you know, the game's about to start. Like my wife, Colleen, will go, hey, they're, they're, they're lining, lining up for the kickoff. Joe, get in here. The, there's about to be the kickoff. She doesn't want me to miss the kickoff. You see the players that used to be warming up, Iran, Turkey, and Russia, literally in position 
right now. Israel, this last year, 44 times has done airstrikes in Syria because Iran has hauled missiles down into Syria to park right on Israel's border. And guess where they hit most of them? Or in Damascus. The Bible says in Isaiah 17:1 that Damascus will be removed from being a city. So you're seeing symptoms of what's going to happen right now. Not to mention even, he talked about earthquakes. Guess where the number one seismic activity location is in all of America? Guess where it is? Oklahoma, where the, where the earthquakes come sweeping down the plains. The, the, US, the USA Today said between 2010 and 2017, there was 250,000 earthquakes right in Oklahoma itself. Now, that's just crazy. If you want to get technical about it, uh, you could go from 1967. If you want to look at earthquakes over 6.0 on the Richter scale, from, they're just like this from 1900 to about 1950. 1967, when Jerusalem was going back, it goes straight up like this. The, the U.S. News and World Report showed that. So, so if the earth is getting ready for it, Russia's getting ready for it, okay? All these groups are getting ready for it. Why? Jesus is just about to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't we blessed? This whole thing is about, and we'll get to the science here in just a second. This whole thing is about when Colleen and I got married, wouldn't it have been weird if I was standing here like this, she comes walking up and her dress is all muddy and dirty. She'd been rolling around in the dirt. That, I'd be like, man, what happened, babe? What's going on? That looks a little weird. And it would be even worse if she's walking like this. Oh my God, I'm about to marry that guy. Another one, another one bites the dust. Now that... You know, you're standing there and she's walking that way, like, like, you know, all downtrodden. I'm about to marry him. That's a picture of the church. We're, we're about to meet him in the sky. Oh, man, it's been so rough. It's been so tough. There's been such a whining mentality and a victim mentality in the church. You're victors. Come on. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Come on. It would be weird for my, my wife to be to walk up like that. I'd go, I think I might have made a mistake. This, <laughs> She's bailing on me right here. My wife did do something to freak me out while we got married. She started crying, and she couldn't talk, and I thought she was getting ready to take off running. I thought, oh, my God, she's leaving me right here. Man, it was close. It was real close. All right, grab your Bible. Let's look at some more here. Go back to Isaiah. I literally thought she's, she's hitting the door, and this is not good, but she didn't. Praise the Lord. She persevered. Look at Isaiah 46. We got into this yesterday, but this will bless you. Isaiah 46. And this is why we get into end time preaching, and then we'll get into the signs. Isaiah 46. Look down at verse number 9. I love this. He said, Isaiah 46, uh, chapter 46, verse number 9. Remember the former things of old. I'm God, there's none else. I'm God, there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So he's saying here, this is how you can tell he's God, or it brings authenticity to the scripture. He's going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Only a God can do that. So you can talk to a Buddhist, you can talk to a Muslim, their book doesn't give you future. This is the only book that gives you future. Think of it, Ezekiel prophesied the, the year Israel be regathered. Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come, came exactly to the year. So it's flawless. Now, I read this yesterday. I know this is a lot of information, but hang with me. Listen to the first 10 names of guys in the Bible, and it'll show you how amazing the Word of God is. Listen to their first 10 names and what they mean, and then we'll put them all together, okay? A lot of info, so run with me, okay? Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Mahaliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. 
Lamech means despairing, and Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Gives you the entire plan of redemption with the first 10 names of God in the Bible. See, he, he, he knows the future. Come on, think about the first coming of the Lord. And, and why do we get into this and we'll go back to the first coming of the Lord? Why? Why? Well, I'm watching college football yesterday. I was watching Alabama and uh, Tennessee. And, and toward the end of the game, you know what? Tell the quarterback not to look at the play clock. See, that's like saying don't preach on end times. No, the quarterback, if he can't see the play clock, he doesn't know how urgent to be. I freak out when I see the quarterback not looking at the play clock. I'm like, oh, my God, come on, time's winding down. And the quarterback walks up the huddle, doo 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 like, no, the, the time's winding down. So you have to pay attention because of the urgency. You can drop the ball at the beginning of the game, but then you can't. Everything's too critical. So the timing starts getting more and more critical. So we hear end-time preaching to show us how close we are so that we make changes. Could you imagine going back to the huddle and the guy going, yeah, my knees are kind of hurting. Quarterback goes, I need you to go deep. Yeah, I'm a little winded, you know what I'm saying? Could you imagine that? No, we're, we're at the end. So, so it's not about us. It's about let's, we got to score right now. That has to get into the church. So you look at this and see how flawless it is. It's so flawless. You know, at the first coming of the Lord, it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah. He would be preceded by a messenger. He would enter into Jerusalem on a colt. They'd gamble over his robe. They'd pierce his side. He'd wear a crown of thorns. They would mock him. They'd hit him in the face. It would get dark in the middle of the day while he's on the cross. <laughs> wow. I was uh, witnessing to a Navy SEAL one time on an airplane. I said, what do you do about this? You know what the odds are all those 19 prophecies coming to pass? You know what they are? 480 trillion times a billion times another trillion. It's 480 with 33 zeros afterwards. In science, after so many zeros, it's absurd to think that it happened by chance. So I told that Navy SEAL, I said, what do you do with that? It was prophesied he'd be born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah, preceded by a messenger, gambled over his robe. They said, oh, they read those things and brought them to pass. I said, they, uh, it got dark in the middle of the day. They made it get dark. And he, he didn't know what to say about that. I mean, <laughs> hello, you can't read about that and make it dark. No, this is what God said it would do, and that's what it did. So if, if you don't want to believe, you don't have to believe, but let's, let's look at this. Let's go look at the signs now. Grab your Bibles now and go over to Luke, and we'll run through them, uh, and, and we'll see how clear they are. The Lord's not making it complicated. It's so sad that he's gotten a bad rap. I told you yesterday there was a pastor that he said, he said, Joe, I was dreading having you come, but I knew I was supposed to have you come. That's not very fun. <laughs> but why? Because people were afraid of end-time preaching. You know what norm normally it uh, comes with end-time preaching? Doom and gloom. There is no bad news for the church. If you hear end-time preaching and it scares you, it's not Bible. Let me say that again. If you hear end-time preaching and it scares you, it's not Bible. The bad stuff is after we leave. I mean, there's some things right before we leave. Men will be lovers themselves. People will have itching ears and there'll be a lack of hunger. But you're in church this Sunday morning in the midst of all that. When people are having itching ears, lack of hunger, you're here on Sunday morning. So you've pushed through that to hear the word. There, there's nothing greater than coming to church and hearing the word. I don't, I don't know how people that, that don't know the Lord make it today. And even the ones that do know the Lord that aren't hearing the word, I don't know how they make it. It's your nourishment. It's your strength. Amen. So look here at Luke 21, and let's go through it. Luke 21, verse 24. He says, They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden down to the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Wow. Talked about it yesterday. So Jesus tied everything to Jerusalem. 
Amazing. If you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. Everything revolves around that piece of real estate. How many of you ever sold real estate? What's the deal? Location, location, location. The biggest war that ever will be will be over that piece of real estate where Jesus' throne will be right there on the Temple Mount. You can go up on the Temple Mount and in Arabic, in the circle, it says, there is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. Why? There is a Son of God. His name's Jesus. Amen. And you talk about the destruction and what's coming, uh, the, the hatred for J Jews can't even go up on the Temple Mount and pray. It'd be like you and I not being able to go up to the White House or going up to Washington Monument and pray because we're Americans. It's crazy. So there's a lot of things getting ready to happen because of that little piece of real estate. So, so much more about that. The Bible says Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. So everything is going to be about Jerusalem, specifically the borders. Just remember this, the borders from the six day war when Jerusalem was won back because that's when the West Bank was given back to Israel. So that's what all kinds of mess is going to be about in the next few years. So you can watch it come to the forefront. So, okay, now watch the Lord get more uh, clear because that's pretty clear. I mean, I talked about the Egyptian tanks yesterday, but there's more. Uh, I remember a couple of the, the, the miracles that happened during the six day war. The Israeli soldiers were right there. There was a huge minefield. The, the uh, Egyptians were, the Syrians were coming down on them and the Syrians were coming in toward them. The Israelis looked at each other and said, how many bullets you got? The guy goes, I got four. How many bullets you got? I got seven. He said, well, it's been nice serving with you. There's nowhere they could go. It was a minefield. Well, the Syrian army was coming toward them. And right then, all of a sudden, this huge wind blew through, exposed every single one of the mines. They walked right through the minefield. The next one, the Syrian army was coming down on them. It was like, it was like 500 to four. And the Israeli army's guys said, we're done. 500 to four doesn't work. And next thing you know, the, the, this, the Syrian army stopped and looked up. And I've seen them interview this guy. Uh, he said, Father Abraham, I think it was Jesus, stood there. And, and, he, and these angels held these big swords. And every single one of the Syrian army turned around and ran the other way against four Israeli soldiers. They interviewed the guy later. He said, he said it wasn't that guy, Abraham, that scared us so bad. It was those angels with those flaming swords. So you see divine intervention all throughout this time in 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. So Jesus says, when you see the times of the nations like that, time's pretty much up. So that happened in our lifetime, okay? There's two main signs that happened in our lifetime. Now, we can go through about 70 of them, but the two main ones are the two that Jesus said, if you see those two, you're it. So let's go through them. <laughs> Amen. So we're blessed. We're, we're, we're blessed that we're privileged to be alive when these happen. And I hear people go, no, these have all happened before. No, these, none of these have ever happened before, ever. You're, you're the only generation this has ever happened, ever. So let's go a little further. Go down to verse 29. The Lord will get a little clearer. And he says in verse 29, look at the fig tree. That's the nation of Israel. Israel would be your timepiece. Why do you wear a watch? So you'll be where you're supposed to be on time. You won't miss an appointment. So he said, look at Israel and all the trees. Those are the prophetic nations around Israel. When they now shoot forth or bud. Interesting. He said, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand. I like this word, likewise. In other words, just as bold as you are about that. I mean, I told you yesterday back in Oklahoma, man, the wintertime, my grass is already brown. The trees start, leaves start falling. It's just brown in the wintertime. But come spring, when that color starts coming back in, the trees start blooming. You go, oh man, there's a temperature change. Summer's coming. It's, it feels good. It smells good. Jesus said, likewise. Just as bold as you are about that, watch this. Likewise, when you see these things, what, what's these things? Jerusalem 
Jerusalem being won back and Israel being made a nation. When you see these things come to pass, no. Circle the word no there. He's telling you this so you can know this. And it freaks people out when you tell people you can know when the Lord's coming back. Because if you say you can't tell when the Lord's coming back, everybody says, that's right, brother, that's right. No, he said, he said, if you see all these signs, you're the generation he's coming back. I can't tell you the exact day, but Paul said, that day won't overtake you as the thief. So you know what? That day won't overtake you as a thief. Amen. I mean, we, we call ourselves, don't get mad at me. Please don't get mad at me for a second. We're word people when it comes to healing. We're word people when it comes to prosperity. We're word people when it comes to righteousness. When it comes to end times, people throw the Bible out. What does the Bible say? Paul says, you are not in darkness so that day would overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light, the children of the day. When the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, not the church, on them, the world. And he's talking about, that's in, that's in Thessalonians chapter 5, the whole chapter 4 was all about the rapture of the church, where Paul showed them, you won't be here, you have so much authority, the Antichrist can't even be revealed. So you have to leave the earth so that the Antichrist can even do his stuff. Isn't that amazing how much authority you have? The Bible says there in 2 Thessalonians that Jesus is going to obliterate the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming. No negotiation. All he has to do is show up. <laughs> Come on. The devil's not going to get any more powerful than when he enters into a man midway through the trib. He'll literally enter into a man. What's sad is the Jews think this guy's the Messiah. Wow, can you imagine an uh-oh moment right there? They think he's the Messiah. He comes out and goes, I'm the devil. And the devil's not going to get any more powerful. You know what? Because he enters into a man and has some authority. And all Jesus has to do is show up. And the Bible says, this is the word in the Greek. He's obliterated with the brightness of his coming. Come on, he's a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. Habakkuk said he has shafts of light coming out of his side. There was the hiding of his power. Come on, it says in Isaiah at the second coming, who is this that comes from Edom, Eden with his garments stained in blood in Basra? He's radiant in apparel. He's Jesus of Nazareth. You, t you talk about the boss coming back. Woo! Man. Because he's been humiliated, he's been beaten, he's been mocked, he's been ridiculed. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on. And we get to be right there with him watching nature just bow and back out of the way while the author and the maker and the creator comes back to the planet. That's how big this is. It, it's gotten so quiet about this. And then people, the devil tried to tone it down. You're weird. Don't be weirdo. Tone it down. No, get even louder. The king's coming. The king's coming. Come on. The king's coming back. God's coming back. Come on. Now he tells us these things so that we can tell. He's not doing this to go, and I'm going to make it so complex so they'll never know when I'm coming back. No. He said, when you see Jerusalem one back, and then when you see Israel made a nation. When you see these things, and watch what he says, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. He said, verily I say unto you, this generation, what generation? The one that sees these things. That generation won't pass away till all is fulfilled. Now watch him get bold in the next verse. Heaven and earth will be altered or pass away, but my words will not be altered. In other words, buckle up. If you see this, you can't change this. You, I mean, it's just amazing how you hear people go, well, you don't know what a generation is. Well, you actually can know what a generation is. In the Old Testament, it's 40 years. In our, in our time, it's about 70 to 80. And if you want to get super technical, a generation between, and Matthew says these are the generations between uh, Adam and Jesus was 55 years. However you do the math, it's us. I'm not looking for reasons not to obey God. I'm looking for reasons to obey God. 
Oh, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Come on. I think I'll do Elvis right there. Woo, come on. Now, now watch what, what he says. He, I'm sorry. He has to be goofy just to get this out. Because it is, it is so, uh, um, it's ominous to talk about God coming back. So you've got to be a little bit goofy just to just loosen it up a little, you know what I'm saying? So look at verse 34. He says here, Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, cares of this life, so that day comes upon you unaware. So you can be living when all the signs are happening, not even aware of it. So he says, pay attention. Now, (laughs) the the message Bible says, don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by shopping. Now, I didn't say that. The message Bible said that. I didn't say that. (laughs) So he he said the sharp edge of your expectation could get get, uh, dulled by shopping. Look at our generation right now. Have you ever seen more people go shopping all the time? I mean, it's just like we're consumers, man. We're consumed. So he said, make sure you, you, you don't let the sharp edge your expectation. Why? He wants you to have an expectancy. He wants you to have an expectancy, just like the night before you got married. How many of you were excited the night before you got married? Come on. Were you like, oh my God, tomorrow's the day? No, you were like, wow, tomorrow we're finally getting married. Come on. Now look at this verse here. Look at verse 36. And we got to get into the signs. Oh, man, I'm preaching too long. Help me, Jesus. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore... And pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Now remember, see, he's talking to Jewish boys that have to fulfill the law. I don't have to watch and be prayerful uh, to find myself worthy. Jesus made me worthy. After the resurrection, I don't have to do that at all. But they had to because he hadn't been raised from the dead. You're accounted worthy because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. He who knew no sin was made sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Wow. So uh, I, don't, I may not feel righteous, but I'm righteous. I may not feel holy, I'm holy. I may not feel healed, I'm healed. I may not feel saved, I'm saved. I'm not moved by what I feel. So God's raised up a whole group of overseers that are not moved by their feelings to rule this next thousand years over natural people for a thousand years. So let's, we talked about that yesterday for a little bit. Let's buzz through the signs because I, I haven't even got to the signs. I don't I mean, it's just taking me a while. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Help us, Jesus. Okay, so number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, uh, Jerusalem won back. He said the generation sees that, you're, you're it. But then you've got the, and the next sign would be the Hebrew language restored. The Bible says just before the coming of the Lord, he'd restore to them a pure language. Listen, 100 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now, the entire nation speaks Hebrew. It's a miracle. Google it. See when a language has been lost like that and regathered, only in your lifetimes that happened. Hebrew. One man, Eliehud ben Yehuda, said, you know what? We used to speak Hebrew here. He came up with new words for fountain pen and for airplane, and now everyone there speaks Hebrew because God said he would do that just before the coming of the Lord. Okay, after that, you've got the revival of the Roman Empire. It's the EU, the United States of Europe. Their capital building is in Strasbourg, France. Google it, pull it up. I was on TV. This guy was drilling me like, you know, like trying to mock me, you know, and he going through, he was Googling everything I answered, and he goes, you know, that's right. I, so he's Googling me, fact-checking me while he's asking me questions. And, uh, um, and the, the ten, this one, Revival of the Roman Empire, and I said, the Capitol building looks like the Tower of Babel. He, he pulled it up right there. He goes, oh, my God. He gasped because the Capitol building for the EU, the United States of Europe, is identical to the Tower of Babel. It's that Babylonian system that says we don't need God. Remember, they said, we'll make our own way to heaven. The Lord said, no, you won't. No, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you, you've got the EU. You've got the platform for the Antichrist. That's what the whole EU is all about, the United States of Europe. 
Okay? After that, uh, you've got this one I love, the Ethiopian Jews brought back. Remember the Ethiopian Jews brought back? Israel sent uh, C-130s down into Ethiopia, 18,000 airlifted in one day. Okay? An American man paid $30 million to do it. And he was, he was running from the law, did one good deed for the Jews, and he got pardoned in America here for doing that one good deed for the Jews. So the Ethiopian Jews were airlifted back, and Chuck Roberts on CNN Headline News said an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Wow. I said it yesterday. When CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord's doing, you, you better look up. The Lord's coming back. Amen. <laughs> So, so, so the Bible says we'd see this. When did that happen? 1992. So all these things are happening in your lifetime. Pretty amazing. You've got the Temple Mount Institute that's in the old city of Jerusalem. Their, their last name is Cohen, means priest. They've been going to school for 30 years to start having sacrifices. They have everything ready. Two weeks ago, they, they got the oil of anointing. The Sanhedrin got the oil of anointing ready to anoint the most holy. That's the Messiah because they're expecting the Messiah any moment. And so they, they got the, 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 the red heifers. Five red heifers came two weeks ago. Uh, they, they, they've got the menorah ready. They have everything. They have everything ready. And they, they say they have to have the Ark of the Covenant. They can, do a, they, can do a, they can do a tent mock of all of it right now. They did one on the side of the Temple Mount two years ago, got arrested. I watched it. They cut the lamb's throat right there because they know they're supposed to get up on the temple. Something's going to happen. I believe it'll be the rapture of the church and, and all heck's going to break loose and they're going to instantly go up there and start having sacrifices. Why? Because they're going to have them during the tribulation. There's even going to be sacrifices during the millennium, which I, it's hard to believe after, after seeing Jesus, but it'll point back to how ugly sin was and how something had to die. Blood had to be given to live. Wow. So that group is ready. I mean, uh, why? Russia went into Palmyra. That's where the Tower of Babel was. Syria, this is just a little while ago, Russia rebuilt the arch uh, for Baal worship right there. And the Talmud says that's the last thing you'll see right before the Messiah comes. So you have all of that. You have the fertility of the land of Israel. Mark Twain was there in the late 1800s. He said the land is so desolate it won't support life. Yet Israel produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. I mean, think if you ate a banana this morning, made New Jersey. Ate a pear, made New Jersey. Ate an apple, made New Jersey. You go, man, what's up with New Jersey? The dirt is so blessed, it overproduces. Why? Because God said it would. So it's a sign for us. How amazing is that? So you got sign after sign after sign after sign. I, I like the, the, the fowl of the air one, probably my, my favorite. I was watching the Animal Planet channel, and this Israeli ornithologist said, we have 172 uh, different species of predatory birds that started showing up in the land of Israel. Man, I'm like, what? The lady goes, we don't understand it. Right after we're raptured, you have the Ezekiel 38 war. God calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up there. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. So, I mean, Ezekiel prophesied you'd have fish in the Dead Sea. When did the fish show up in the Dead Sea? Last year. Listen to this, two months ago, the Dead Sea, this one freaks me out, I still can't, I, it's hard for my brain. Two months ago, the Dead Sea turned blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah is, was, <laughs> not there anymore, where Sodom and Gomorrah was, and you know what, what day it happened on? The Day of Atonement. I mean, that's just absolutely radical. So then you had the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water, why? First time in 2,000 years. You had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. That's Lamentations 5.18. That happened this last year. So you got foxes in position. You got birds in position. You got fish in position. You got the Temple Mount in position. You got Russia and the Ukraine and Crimea. All these different groups that the Bible says you'd see just before God comes to the planet are where they're supposed to be. 
So what's the church do? It's all about how do we get more people saved? What, what can we do to turn inside out? How can we show people Jesus? It's not about religion, not about tradition. It's about the resurrected one. Yeah. Mm. The author of life. Come on. He, he, he loves you, loves you. I get to this point in the service and he's going to remind him again how much I love him. He's not mad at you. All this is to bring you great joy so you'll have great strength. Your strength will be tied to your joy. Why is that? Some people don't have anything to look forward to. You talk about look forward to. This is the coolest thing ever to look forward to. You get a glorified body and all of a sudden meet the king. Man, there's nothing cooler than that. Come on. Never be tired again. Never gain weight again. Man, I might do a little dance on that one right when we get to heaven and go, whoo. Okay, so there's so many, and we could get through signs. You have men will be lovers themselves. We have selfie sticks. The, the signs that are, that are all through the earth are just uh, unreal. I mean, it's just blatant, 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 blatant. You know, uh, Bishop Malachi had a vision of each pope's coat of arms. Got 114 out of 114. Pretty amazing. The pope we have right now is 114th. I mean, think of getting 114 out of 114. That's just amazing. So God's got all these things. You had Rabbi Ixot Kaduri. was a rabbi, head chief rabbi in Israel. Jesus appeared to him right before he died. And he, he wrote a letter, said, now open this letter a year after I've uh, died. Because he knew they'd freak out. Because this is a pretty big deal to say Jesus is Messiah to all the rabbis. I mean, we're talking like, like, a, like a bomb going off, Okay. So a year after he went home, they opened the letter up. He said, I'd come to, to know Jesus as the Messiah. And he talked about how he fulfilled all the feasts, because that's how you can tell, flawlessly. And then he also prophesied that Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins just before the coming of the Lord. Last year, Israel was ruled by two Benjamins, Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz. And that, that rabbi prophesied that 15 years before that. So... Uh, it's event after event after event after event. So then you go from signs to signals, and we'll go through signals for just a minute, and then we'll go home. You say, well, what, what do you mean uh, signals? Well, the, the heavens. The heavens, the Bible says in Genesis, the planets would be heavens, signals for us. Of course, the devil got a hold of it and perverted it you know, into astrology. Why? Because the whole plan of redemption is in the stars. So you think about it. You had blood red moons uh, f a few years ago, four in a row. It's very rare to have four in a row. What dates were they on? Passover and Tabernacles. Passover, tabernacles. So, so the heavens were saying, blood red moons were saying, I died for you, coming back. Died for you, coming back. Come on. Pretty radical. I mean, it's just, NASA calls it a tetrad. When's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and tabernacles? When's the last time you had that tetrad? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel was made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. And God raised up Columbus to sail the ocean blue in 1492. What did Columbus find? America, a safe harbor for the Jews. So you got the blood moons on those dates in a row. Why? That's to get our attention. You had even more in 2017. If you got into all the stuff that happened heavenly in 2017, it's just like I told the Lord, if you don't come in 2017, you missed a wonderful opportunity. Because, I mean, it was... <laughs> The, 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 the planet stuff was literally over the top. I mean, you had the Revelation 12 and Revelation 13 sign in the heavens. You had the, they had the virgin give birth to Jupiter, uh, the king planet. It's amazing. So then let's talk about the Bethlehem star. This is the crazy one. This, I love this, Bethlehem star. Why did the Magi ride 500 miles on camels? I mean, can you imagine if my buddies, we did a motorcycle ride, and I'd say, okay, there's going to be kind of a light show when we get to the end. They do, it better be the coolest light show you've ever seen. I'm not riding 500 miles for this for nothing. So they rode by camel almost 700 miles. By camel, they get there. 
right when the Lord's born, and you have a star. What is the star? Jupiter came together with Regulus. Jupiter, king planet. Regulus, regal, king planet. Venus, men are from Mars, women from Venus, mother planet. Two king planets and a mother planet, right there at the birth of Jesus. What was the constellation? Virgo. <laughs> Last year, NBC Nightly News said we had a celestial event. Jupiter, Regulus, Venus. Oh, my God, the Bethlehem star. What was the constellation? Leo. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So the heavens are, I mean, the Lord's basically going. If you're remotely paying attention, he's going like this. But he's so sweet. He's so sweet. He's doing everything he can for us to get us. But people that don't care, they, they, they don't know. But most people don't know any of this. <coughs> God's going, okay, I'm about to come back for my family. I'm coming back for my kids. I love you. So there's many more. I mean, you could go through, you could go through the stuff that happened in 2017. And it's just like, nah, I, I, it's just like, what in the world? Is this really happening? I mean, event after event after event. So what do we do as a church? If Pastor Mark said, you know what? We're going to build us a, an opening right up there and people are going to fly by helicopter and they're going to drop down into a net. I'd go, what corner of the net you want me to hold? What, what, do, I, what do I need? You know, it wouldn't phase me at all. You know, in the old days, we'd go, net? We're going to have a helicopter fly over? People are going to fly out of the helicopter? Say, let's do it. I mean, let's have the attitude of whatever God has for us. Let's, let's, just, let's just rock it. Before we dismiss, I want you to think about this. What, 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 will, you, what will you think of? And what will you say when we, we stand before the king? The Bible says well, there's a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Crystal's the only element that won't hide a flaw. We're going to be flawless before the throne. Th think of the adoration and the honor that we'll give him for dying for us. And we'll be home. Think of that. Home. Home. Hallelujah. We're just passing through here. You're not home here. You're just passing through. Amen. We're, 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 we're going home. Wow, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We're amazed at all the signs. We, we, there's so many more. There's about 70. But Lord, we're just blessed that you made it apparent and clear that you're coming in our lifetime. So we're, we're, we're privileged. We're honored to do that. So help us as a church. Whatever you've given us all to do, Lord, we, we wholeheartedly say we're in. We're all in. We'll, we will be 150%. We thank you for helping us, Father. Fulfill your plan and your purpose. In Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said amen. Real quick before we go, is there anyone here? Real, well, I'll give you two invitations real quick. If, is there, if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray with you this morning. You, yeah, I know you came to hear Pastor Mark. If you're a visitor, please don't judge the church on the traveling guy. Come back and hear him. The, the Lord's given him messages to strengthen you. The traveling guy exudes urgency, the pastor, decency. But maybe you're here and you've never, uh, you've never asked the Lord into your heart. Maybe you have never done that. It's okay. Maybe you've never gotten saved. If you're here this morning and you want to do it, I want to pray with you. Anyone at all with the uplifted hand say, that's me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Wouldn't it be cool to have a birthday right before the coming of the Lord? I believe you'll have a plaque in your house in heaven with the date that you do this. Amen. You'll walk by it every day when you go there and then pow, you'll pop, pop that thing. Anyone, anyone at all never given your life to the Lord and want, want to get saved today? I don't want to miss anybody. Don't, please don't be embarrassed. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray for you. Anyone at all. No embarrassment. No, 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 no. He loves you. Amen. Amen. Just want to make sure don't miss anybody. He loves you. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be afraid to raise your hand. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, looks like everybody's saved. I don't think I missed anybody, but if you are, are, haven't, you need to get it. 
And we'll pray in a minute. You can do it while we pray. Maybe you're here and you're saved. You've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? Well, Jesus said you've been filled with power, not weirdness. So uh, he told them, get this before you leave Jerusalem. So maybe you're here and you've never gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You want to do that today. And let me just tell you, you, you can take all the power you can get. If you're here, I got it in 1970. My mom said, Joe, you ready to get filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. From 1970 on, I've been praying in tongues. Anyone at all here, you've never been filled with the Spirit, you want to today. We'll take it a second. With the uplifted hand, say that's me. Pray for me. In fact, we'll close the service and they'll have a place of prayer. I really don't know how you do it, but we'll, we'll figure it out how you say. Anyone here that you've never done that, you want to do it today. Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. Pray for me. I want to get filled. Amen. Get it, man. Get all you can get. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I was in Orlando the other day on a Wednesday night, and uh, 30-some people got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Boise, Idaho, 30-some people each service got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, Lubbock, Texas, 58 people filled in one service preaching on end times. Why? There's all, all new people coming in that have never gotten it. I don't care if you do it today. I don't care when you do it. You just really, really need to do it. Make a point. You can go out to your car this afternoon and go, Father, fill me right now and start speaking in tongues. He'll fill you right there. It doesn't matter where you do it or when you do it. You just need to do it because it'll bless you. I want to thank uh, Pastor Mark for having me come. I sure appreciate you having me come. And sure enjoyed yesterday. Thank you guys for being so easy to appreciate. No, no, no. You're too nice. Thank you. Thank you. You're too sweet. You, you guys are so, so uh, hungry and so easy to preach to. Thank you. I'm excited for your building, excited for your land. And it's just a, a treat to be back with you. Give Pastor Mark a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are going to bless him with an offering here and be a blessing to him. If you're making out checks, making out the Harvest Bible Church, giving online, just hit the guest speaker one. Just do that there. We want to sow into his ministry. He's a blessing. And uh, you do want to go on his, his website. If you didn't get the book, go ahead and get his book. It's a really good book, and you'll enjoy it. And it'll just answer a lot of questions so that you don't be afraid of what's going on, you know, what's taking place. And... Uh, you know, I had you 30 years ago in my church. I think I had your mom about 36 years ago in my church. And uh, that doesn't mean I'm older than him. I think he might be a little older than me, but we're not going to go there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. It's just, it's just, I started really young, okay? And uh, I did. And uh, so, Hallelujah. Just not young enough, I guess. But anyways, we were talking about things. I said, yeah, I, I remember when your mom came and ministered and preached for me and stuff. And she was. She was a wild lady. She was radical. You were so blessed. But, man, she just put the fear of God in you. She was good things. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was a blessing. No, she was a really, she was real precious, a real blessing. Uh, and she's shouting in heaven now. So it's all good. Hallelujah. So it's all good there. Amen. So let's pray over this offering right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing ministry gifts into our midst and, and just sharing truth. Thank you for this ministry gift. And Father, thank you that we're bringing good seed and we're planting it into good ground. That every need of his ministry is met in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. Lord, we thank you because the Apostle Paul told the Philippian church, he said, because you've ministered unto me in giving and receiving, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you and praise you for it. Father, we just honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's wait on the people here. 
go ahead and purchase all of his stuff out there. And he's got a lot more things on his website and stuff if you want to go get that. And, you know, believing God for good things. Amen? And, you know, as I used to share with you guys, you know, I didn't like going to my grandparents because they talked about Jesus coming all the time. And when I was a little kid and I was younger, I was always saying, no, don't, don't come, don't come. And now that I'm a little bit older, you know, now I'm like, come, Lord Jesus, quickly. But when you understand that we're going to have such a great time of ruling and reigning with Jesus, uh, you know, and he shared yesterday, you need to go listen to all that because he shared some things that I actually believe, too, that, you know, I don't share on the end times because I'm not, you know, qualified in some areas to do that got a lot of beliefs study at all the bible says you read the book of revelations you get blessed and it's a blessing and you see things but we are going to have an incredible time hallelujah for eternity we're going to have a blast during the thousand year reign of jesus amen uh you know and don't be discouraged do you realize that jesus is going to be here on the earth we're going to be ruling and reigning with him Nobody's going to die. People that are going to die, you're going to get to raise from the dead. You're going to get to play hands and raise up people that are sick. And you're going to get to do all kinds of things uh, because, they're, you know, it's good. But at the end of the thousand years, then Satan's going to come out. People that have seen Jesus, looked at Jesus, are going to rebel against him. Yeah, even, you know, they're going to all, they're going to go. And there's going to be a whole bunch. Satan's going to get his last little hurrah. And they're going to take him there, you know. And it's sad. It's crazy. There's going to be, you know, there's, you know, there's going to be no devil to harass. They're not going to have any kind of, you know, no sickness, no things. You know, they're going to do stupid things. Because whoever you get to be ruling over, you're going to have some stupid people you've got to take care of. I mean, your angels are working overtime on you. They're going to go, when you finally get it, then they're going to go, now you're going to see what I had to do with you all those years. Watch you. You're going to get to do this. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we get to rule angels then. Hallelujah and stuff. But, you know, it's going to be fun. See, we all think we're just going to sit around and do nothing. No, it's going to be a blast. Hallelujah. But then you're going to realize, I don't think I was that stupid. This person is, no. Hey, let's all get ready to uh, let God be God. Let's all stand up. Praise God. I love you. God loves you. Hallelujah. Our prayer team is going to come. If you didn't want to raise your hand or should have come in forward to get filled with the Holy Ghost, prayer, our prayer team is going to be down and you guys can come and be prayed. Listen, I love you. God bless all of you. You're dismissed. See you guys online. We'll see you on Wednesday. Be blessed. Amen.